With 24 games remaining in the season, the Orioles sit in first place in the AL East, but there are still plenty of questions to be answered about this team. So that's why today we're opening up the mailbag coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Wednesday, September 6th, 2023, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we are opening up the mailbag. I'm going to answer six Orioles questions, all coming from you, the listeners. We'll talk about what the playoff rotation could look like, what the bullpen could look like in the postseason for the Orioles, which reliever has been the biggest surprise for the O's, what their best and worst matchups would be in the playoffs, and much more. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast, which is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started today. So we're opening up the mailbag in this one and a little programming note. As you may tell, you are potentially listening to this on Wednesday. We are not talking at all about the Orioles Tuesday night game in Anaheim against the Angels. Game two of three in that series. Now, make sure you go back and check out Tuesday's episode where I recapped the Orioles 6-3 to game one win. But because of the timing of this series, right, all three of these games starting at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, I work a job where I have to get up in the morning. It becomes really tough to night after night, stay up for that long, record the podcast after the game ends, edit the podcast, post the podcast, and still be okay for work the next day. So because of that, we're doing something a little bit different today. We're going to do the mailbag today. You're not going to hear anything about Tuesday night's game because I'm recording this right now. On Tuesday evening, the game hasn't even started yet, so this version of Connor doesn't know what happened. Now, tune back in tomorrow for the Thursday episode, where I will recap both the Tuesday and Wednesday games, and hopefully it's me talking about a series win, and really hopefully it's me talking about a sweep of the Angels. But instead, because of that West Coast timing, and luckily, you know, last West Coast games for now, for the Orioles, at least in the regular season, we open up the mailbag today. And I got a lot of amazing mailbag questions from all of you, whether it was on Twitter or it was on YouTube in the comments or via email. I did want to stick to kind of just the questions, at least for today's mailbag episode, that pertain to the 2023 season. I got a lot of great questions that looked into the offseason, looked ahead to 2024 and beyond. I banked a lot of those questions. They're going to come up on probably off-season mailbag editions of the podcast. But we're right in the middle of a division race here on September 6th, right? The Orioles, as I said, they got 24 games remaining. They've got a lead over the Rays. It's not a huge lead, but they've got a lead over the Rays. It's all about kind of what's happening now, what could happen this postseason. So I picked out the best six questions that had to do with this season. And we're going to jump into it now, starting with our first question of the day. That came from Joey on Twitter. This is something that I had talked about last week and had gotten in some hot water about from uh, the fellow Orioles Twitter community members. And I think Joey just wanted to see me get yelled at again. But it is a good question, and it's something to address here. Joey's question is, who gets the Orioles' fourth starting rotation spot in the postseason? I think that is the number one question for the Orioles to have to answer right now as they head towards October. Now, the first thing we should say is, 
The top three, no matter what order they're in, are pretty much set as long as these guys stay healthy and keep performing. Kyle Bradish, Grayson Rodriguez, and Dean Kramer, it seems like, are going to get the first three playoff spots for the Orioles. Now, if the O's fail to win the division and do have to play a wild card series in the first round, I'm almost certain those three would be the starting pitchers. But if the O's do like I think they will do and hope they will do and win the division, they advance past the wildcard series, get a bye, and go directly into the ALDS where it's a best-of-five series. And generally, you do need four starters for those series, and you also need four starters if you get to the ALCS or even the World Series as well. And while Bradish has been pitching amazing, Grayson's been pitching amazing, and Kramer's been really good lately, it feels like the three of them have the spots locked down, there's really four other guys, theoretically, competing for what's going to be one more spot. Rarely do teams go with a five-man rotation in the postseason. Generally, they cut it from five to four in the playoffs. And remember, the O's are going with a six-man rotation. They got to cut it from six to four, probably, for the postseason. So to answer Joey's question, I'm sticking with my answer that I gave last week that I didn't think was a super hot take. Yet, I got blown up for it on social media more than any Orioles take I have had in the three and a half years hosting this podcast. And that was that I think, in a series where you need four starters, Kyle Gibson would still be my fourth playoff starter. Now, the fact that a lot of people are really reactionary in a sport where you can't really be reactionary because it's 162 games, and the fact that I tweeted it while Gibson was allowing seven runs to the White Sox last Wednesday, right in the middle of the game... Probably sparked a lot more reaction than I would have gotten had I tweeted it, I don't know, today or maybe right after he threw eight innings of three-run ball against the Blue Jays, the start directly before that. But either way, I still think it's Kyle Gibson. Now, we'll talk about the other options in a second, but wanted to kind of bring up, you know, why I think Gibson. And, and I get it, right? You know, he hasn't been amazing this year. A 5.15 ERA at this point for Gibson. Now, he has a 4.04 FIP, which means he's been getting unlucky and he really deserves to have better stats than he does. He's made 28 starts. Half of them have been quality starts. A quality start is six innings or more, three earned runs or less. And 50% of his starts have been like that, which means half the time you've got a really good Kyle Gibson out there, especially for a 35-year-old who signed for a one-year $10 million deal. Now, if you look at starts against specifically American League postseason teams, now, I included against the next six teams in the AL so that... You know, he can't start against the Orioles. They're one of the playoff teams right now. So instead, I included the Toronto Blue Jays, who I really don't see Boston making the playoffs. So I feel like it's, you know, seven teams for six playoff spots right now, with Toronto being the team in seventh right now, but that still has a chance to get in. So I included Toronto in this. So if you're looking at those six teams as the American League playoff teams, you're looking at the Astros, the Rangers, the Mariners, the Twins, the Rays, and the Blue Jays. Gibson has made nine starts against those teams this season. In those nine starts, he has a 4.23 ERA, so it's better than his 5.15 season ERA. In those starts, he's thrown 55 and a third innings. That is an average of six and a third innings per start. Pretty good for an innings eater right there. Just 50 hits, 51 strikeouts, and 15 walks in those 55 and a third innings. Now, here's where it gets even better. In those nine starts... Seven of them were really, really good, and two of them were really, really bad. Those two starts that were bad 
were both of Gibson's starts against the Seattle Mariners this year. The first one at home when he gave up five runs over three innings. The second one on the road when he was kind of left out there to wear it, and he gave up nine runs over five and a third in Seattle. If you take out those two starts against Seattle, it's seven starts for Gibson against playoff teams in the American League and a 2.30 ERA in those starts. That's pretty good. So here's how I will fully answer the question. Gibson is my number four guy, unless the Orioles are playing Seattle in the series. I think that's a big enough sample size, those two starts, where I would be worried to throw Gibson. So if it is the Seattle Mariners that the Orioles would see in the ALDS, I'd go Bradish, Rodriguez, Kramer, and then I would just kind of feel out who's pitching the best at that point between Cole Irvin, Jack Flaherty, and potentially, if he comes back and looks okay and healthy, John Means as well, and then get the bullpen guys in there if they're rested whenever you need them. Because the way the ALDS works, Game 1 will be October 7th, Game 2 is October 8th, there's then an off day for travel on the 9th, then Game 3 would be on the 10th, Game 4 on the 11th, another off day for travel, and if you need a Game 5, it is on the 13th. So you do need four starters in the ALDS, because you have Day 1 and 2 are starters 1 and 2, Day 3 is the off day, Day 4 you go with starter number 3, and day five right there, unless you want to bring Bradish back on short rest, you need a fourth starter for that game number four of the series. And I think it would be Gibson, unless it's Seattle. Then it's kind of a different question here to answer. So again, don't know if everyone's going to be extremely mad again about that take, but if you look at what Flaherty's done lately, he wasn't very good in his last start. There's been some iffy moments for him out there. Cole Irvin has been okay, but how much do you really trust Cole Irvin? He's not really eating innings. The stuff isn't great. You know, his ceiling is much lower than the ceiling of guys like Flaherty and Kyle Gibson and John Means. And John Means, you just don't know. We haven't seen him throw in a big league mound still since last April. So I still think the best choice out of those guys is Kyle Gibson. You can sound off in the YouTube comments if you still disagree, but I just think, yeah, it's not an amazing option right now. I wish there were a better option, but... He's the best of what they got. Second question comes from Aiden on Twitter, who continued with the theme of playoff pitching and said, who do you want to see in the Orioles postseason bullpen? So this is assuming the Orioles win the division, go directly to the ALDS, and again, go with a four-man rotation of Bradish, Rodriguez, Kramer, and Gibson. So that gives you those four pitchers in the lineup. And assuming they go 13 pitchers and 13 hitters, that gives you a nine-man bullpen to work with in the ALDS. Here is what my nine players would be in that bullpen. Yinyer Cano, obviously. Danny Coulomb, obviously. Jacob Webb, obviously. There is your top three in the bullpen right now. Then I'd go with D.L. Hall. The stuff is just too good, and he's been solid lately. There's your fourth guy. I'd go with C.N.L. Perez. He's been great over the last month and change. There's your fifth guy. I'd still put Shintaro Fujinami in there. Not like I'd throw him out there in the ninth inning of a playoff game, but the stuff is so good, I'd still have him at the back end of that playoff bullpen. There's your sixth guy. I think I would put Jack Flaherty in there because I think that stuff could play up better out of the pen. He's a veteran guy who's really the only guy on this team who's pitched a lot in the postseason. I'd like to see him on that roster. I'm going to put, because it's who I would want to see, I'm going to put John Means on there because I want to see John Means come back and at least be good enough in September to at least get a bullpen spot for the Orioles postseason roster. So I'll put Means in there. And then my last guy, people aren't going to like this, but I've been beating this drum for a while. 
I think Brian Baker is going to come back and win himself a postseason bullpen spot, and he would be my ninth guy in that playoff bullpen. But I got four more great questions to get to here on this mailbag episode. Coming up next, we'll talk a bit about some more relievers, specifically who has surprised me the most in the Orioles' bullpen this year, and then talk a bit about the matchups the O's could have in potentially the ALDS. Who would be the team the O's would want to play the most, and what team would they want to play the least in that American League Divisional Series. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by LinkedIn Sales. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach is wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller at every stage, especially when sellers are using shallow and outdated data. Your organization can overcome these challenges with technology that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to better outcomes like more pipeline, higher win rates, and larger deals. We call this deep sales. We've built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash locked on. That is linkedin.com slash locked on for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash locked on and get started today. So we're back here on a mailbag episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast, answering your Orioles mailbag questions. And again, kind of sticking to the questions that pertain to just this regular season and postseason here in 2023. Third question of the day next up comes from Ben on Twitter, who asks, which bullpen acquisition this year has been the biggest surprise for you and for the Orioles? There's certainly a couple we could talk about here, right? And if you're just expanding it to all of the relievers in general, Really, Yinyir Cano would be the answer, right? I mean, to go from what he was last year after that trade to be an Orioles all-star and now be the closer down the stretch without Felix Bautista, that's got to be the answer. I'd put CNL Perez in there for one of the biggest surprises because even though he was great last year, I talked a lot in the offseason about how I thought he was going to take a step back. He did. The surprise is that he's turned it around. They stuck with him, and he's turned it around when it matters the most. But I got to say, in terms of acquisitions... Not even Jacob Webb really surprised me that much. The Angels are just dumb and gave up on him for some reason. Danny Coulomb is the guy that really, by far, has surprised me the most. Not just has he been effective for the Orioles, but just, you know, besides like one little stint on the IL and one little couple week stretch where he lost it a little bit, he's been solid all season for Baltimore. Coulomb is one of just two relievers that is in the current Orioles bullpen that was also in the opening day bullpen. Only CNL Perez and Danny Coulomb are the two guys who are still in the pen since opening day. Now, both of them have had IL stints, so they haven't been in the bullpen every single day. There actually hasn't been a reliever that's been in there every single day, but they never got sent down or anything. They just were on the IL, so they've been in these pen plans all year, and Coulomb has been so, so good. And he's got a couple of saves. He stepped in when the O's needed him to in the ninth inning, but really sixth, seventh, and eighth in really key spots. Even Danny Coulomb on Sunday in Arizona when you know the weird stuff happens with the terrible call about the baseline in the fifth inning and Jack Flaherty has to come out before completing five. Like, Brandon High knows, okay, this is a high-leverage spot. I'm going to Danny Coulomb in the fifth inning. And he got four huge outs in that Orioles win over the D-backs on Sunday. 
And that's very similar to how we could see Hyde use Coulomb in the playoffs. Because as long as he's healthy, he is certainly going to be on the postseason roster and is certainly going to be a big part of the October bullpen. But just the fact that those breaking balls are great, he can get lefties, he can certainly get righties as well. And he throws like 91 with his fastball, but it doesn't really matter because he barely throws that pitch because all the other stuff is so good for Danny Coulomb. When they, you know, basically claimed him off waivers, a, a mini trade for cash, you know, a day before opening day, I was like, what are the O's doing here? You know, they got enough bullpen depth from last year. I wasn't really sure. And, you know, Grayson Rodriguez had just been sent down and, and Danny Coulomb kind of got his roster spot on opening day. And I, I kind of couldn't believe it. He was coming off major hip surgery where he barely pitched last year for the Twins. The years before that, he really hadn't been that great before the injury. Now it looked like he was kind of pitching hurt for a bit. And, you know, in his track record, whether he was with the A's or with the Twins, the other teams he's pitched for, he had had some good stretches and some good seasons, but never that kind of sustained success where you're like, I see why the O's are doing this. Well, apparently the O's saw something because he had already started changing his arm angle, changing up his slider, throwing in the sweeper. The breaking stuff was getting better. The O's saw that and just fleeced another great reliever away from the Twins. He's been the biggest surprise. I mean, where would this O's bullpen be? Without Danny Coulomb this year, I'm kind of scared to answer that question. That is how crucial he's been. And Brandon Hyde really trusts him in any spot. That is huge. For a 33-year-old lefty coming off major hip surgery to be this good, it's been incredible what Danny Coulomb has done. Next question comes from a couple of different people. Uno sent it in. Weather Guy on Twitter sent this one in as well. What are the Orioles' best and worst possible ALDS matchups in the playoffs. Now, of course, this assumes the Orioles do win the division and get the bye into the American League Division Series. And I'm going to also assume right here that they get the number one seed. Now, it, there is a possibility of the O's winning the division but dropping down to the number two seed, but it's not likely. They're like seven-plus games ahead of the AL West leader right now. Might even be more than that. Might even be eight at this point. So... You know, I don't see that team catching them because for the O's to win the division, but also be caught by the AL West winner in the standings, it would take like a 5-20 and 20 stretch by the Rays or something where the O's were bad too, but stayed ahead of Tampa. Yeah, so if they're going to win the division, they're going to be the number one seed. Now, what that most likely means is that the O's are not going to get a chance to play the American League Central winner in the ALDS because the Orioles as the one seed would play the winner of the four versus five matchup, which is the top two wildcard teams facing off. The AL West winner would play the winner of the central champion, who's the number three seed, and then the final wildcard team. So easily, the Minnesota Twins would be the team I would like to see the Orioles play. They seem to match up well with them. They smoked them the last time they played them in Minnesota. In this scenario, though, they just they can't play the Twins, unfortunately. So among the other basically five teams that I would consider potentially getting into the postseason, I would say the best matchup, just take it off of what's gone on this year, is the Toronto Blue Jays. You know, if Toronto got in as maybe that number five seed in the wild card and then won that wild card series and, and came to Baltimore for the ALDS, the Orioles are 10 and three. The season series is over. Went 10 and three against the Blue Jays this year. Like did not lose a series to Toronto at all. They played them well here. They played him well up at the Rogers Center as well. Even though that Blue Jays team is, you could argue their lineup is more stacked. I mean, easily, easily their starting rotation is much better. And while their bullpen is worse, it's comparable at the back end. And yet the Orioles have just bludgeoned them 
all season, they haven't been worried when they face Gosman or, you know, a revitalized Kikuchi or Bassett, who's been really good, or, or Jose Barrios, who's kind of turned his season around. It hasn't mattered to them. Like, they've gotten to all of those starting pitchers at some point this year. They've gotten to the bullpen, and they have stymied that Blue Jay offense this year. And it's got to be in the Blue Jays' head a little bit that they just seemingly can't beat the O's this season. I'd say for me, that would be the best matchup. Now, the worst matchup, I think, is a pretty easy answer. I think it's the Houston Astros. I don't think anybody wants to play Houston. Whether they win the AL West, which I think they will, that's my current prediction, or if they get in as a wild card, I don't think anybody wants to play them. To be completely honest with you, I am actually cheering for the Astros to win the AL West. And the reason is, if the Orioles win the East and the Astros win the West, they can't match up in the ALDS. The first time they could play is the ALCS, and that gives somebody else a chance to maybe knock them out in the division series. Because I am scared of them more than any other team really combined in the American League. All those guys have been there, done that. I know the rotation's been a little down this year, but they have a lot of talent. They have a good bullpen. They have a super deep lineup, especially as they get healthier and healthier. They just got Michael Brantley back. He is a nuisance to pitch against, even if he doesn't have much power anymore. They've already taken two out of three in Baltimore this year. The O's do have a series in Houston later in September. You know, that'll be a kind of a good test to see how they match up right at the end of the season before the playoffs against kind of the cream of the crop still in the American League. You know, the defending World Series champions, the Houston Astros. That is the team I absolutely do not want to play because it is difficult to get through that lineup a couple of times. And the Astros showed that when they took two out of three in Baltimore in that series a little while ago. But two more questions to get to here on the mailbag. Coming up next, we will talk a little bit about a, a hot take I have for the Orioles postseason roster, talking about who could make it and who could be left off. And then we'll finish it off talking about what the O's could do in that big raise series, pitching-wise, that's coming up later this month at Camden Yards. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is also... Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Now we know there's a lot of great baseball coming up, but you know it's also football time. So you can get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. That's right, guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So we're back here on a mailbag episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. Going to get you two more answers to mailbag questions before we go today. But before that, wanted to briefly touch on Tonight's Game 3 between the Orioles and the Angels. Now, as I mentioned already, I'm recording this here on Tuesday evening because of just the late game and not being able to get this one out in the morning Wednesday. So instead, not recapping the Tuesday game. Instead, come back for tomorrow's episode to get recaps of the final two games of the series against the Angels. So the Orioles are either, you know, just take whichever one is correct, either going for the series win tonight in Anaheim or going for the series sweep tonight in Anaheim. But either way, Kyle Gibson is back to the mound for the Orioles. After a pretty disastrous start his last time out against the White Sox, after me in this episode talking about how I would still give him the ball in Game 4 of a playoff series. But either way, this is a chance for him against a bad Angels team that 
might still be without Shohei Otani to kind of get things right once again. Now, Gibson was the one starter who did not pitch in that series against the Angels back in May, so he'll get his first crack against the Halos in that game tonight. And he will go up against the left-hander Patrick Sandoval, the 26-year-old who will take the mound for the Angels. In 24 starts for Sandoval this season, he has a 4.19 ERA. His last time out there wasn't good against one of the worst teams in baseball. In Oakland on Friday, he allowed five runs on five hits in just three and two-thirds innings with three Ks and three walks. Not a uh, banner start from Sandoval in that one. And also Patrick Sandoval did not pitch in that series in May in Baltimore. So each of these starters will get their first crack at the other team tonight. And you can listen to every single pitch of the final game of that series between the Orioles and the Angels coming up tonight at 9.38 p.m. Eastern time with the SXM app through SiriusXM. Just download the app and search Orioles. But before that final game of the series is played, got two more mailbag questions to answer here for you before we get out of here on a Wednesday episode. And the first one comes from Ali Khan on Twitter, who asks, give me a hot take for one player who will be put on the playoff roster that would be kind of a hot take to put him on there, and one player that would be a hot take for him to be left off the playoff roster. I think I already said my on the playoff roster hot take, and that was in my bullpen prediction. And that was Brian Baker. And the reason it's a hot take is because he was sent down to AAA a month ago, and he is still in AAA pitching for the Norfolk Tides as I speak. Now, he's been better since he's been sent down. He seems to have kind of found the command of that changeup again. But that would be kind of a hot take. So I'll throw another one out there because I already talked about Baker. It would be in kind of a similar ilk. How about Joey Crable, right? Like not being on this roster basically all year, after spending almost all of 2022 in the O's bullpen, spends all of this year in AAA, has a good ERA, but the underlying stats were terrible, didn't strike anyone out, walked way too many guys in AAA, got a lot of batted ball luck. And all he's done since coming back up to the bigs is been really good. Like, I thought for sure when the Orioles added Jorge Lopez over the weekend that the easy decision was going to be, well, you send Crable right back down to AAA. Instead, Joey Crable kept his spot and the Orioles DFA'd Austin Voth. Now, Good news, Voth did clear waivers. He has accepted his assignment to AAA Norfolk, so he stays in the organization. It's nice for the O's, just in case they need him down the stretch this year, potentially want to bring him back for him next year and beyond. But it's kind of wild that Crable stuck around and maybe the O's see something like he's fixed something and is kind of back. If he just keeps putting up zeros, there's going to be a spot for him in that playoff bullpen, so that would be a hot take there. The hot take of left off the roster, now I don't think this is going to happen, but I could see the thinking around it, is Ramon Arias being left off the roster. Now, Arias has been just so important for the O's over the last, really, four seasons. I guess three seasons, really. But he is a utility guy, and his bat only has such a high ceiling, right? He's basically a, just a tick above league average, if not a league average hitter, with a great glove, won a gold glove at third base, can play a really good second base as well, can even play first base or shortstop if you need him to. Right-handed bat who's kind of a reverse split, so hits righties as a righty. But when you think about it, you need utility players much less in the postseason than you do in the regular season. Ramon Arias is such a good utility player. That's why I'm kind of coming around to the fact that I think Arias is going to be back on this roster next year because he's just such a good fit as a utility player. You don't get a lot of utility guys who win gold gloves and can hit. But in a playoff series, you know, if you're looking at an ALDS, which at maximum is going to go five games, your best players are going to play in all five of those games, especially when there are two off days built in, right? It's two games 
off day, two games, off day, one game. If you're getting those built-in off days, I mean, Adley is going to catch, I'm pretty sure, all five games of that playoff series, right? And your best infielders, like Gunnar Henderson and hopefully Jordan Westberg, and you know, those guys are going to probably play almost every game. And, you know, if you face a lefty starter, you might want to think about starting Jorge Mateo. You face a righty, you might want to think about starting Adam Frazier because he has the playoff experience. He's done well in the postseason in the past. And I just think if the O's really felt like they needed to get another guy onto the roster, maybe they wanted to put another outfielder out there, maybe they wanted to get Colton Kowser or, you know, really wanted Aaron Hicks on the roster or really felt like they needed Ryan McKenna or whatever it may be, or maybe someone like Heston Kerstad or... Joey Ortiz or potentially even Jackson Holiday, right, came up and really, like, pushed for that spot. I could see them leaving Arias off the roster again. Don't think they will, but you can see the thinking behind it where you don't need utility guys as much in the postseason. And if an injury were to happen, like, that's when you need a utility guy in the postseason. If an injury happens, you can replace an injured player on a postseason roster. He just has to be ineligible for basically that round and the next round, I believe. So you could still get Arias on there if you needed him if there was an injury, but you don't necessarily have to plan for injuries in a five-game series. And so I could see the O's making that call. And then the final question on today's mailbag is a good one. It comes from Dimion on YouTube who asks, do you see the Orioles tinkering with the starting rotation for the upcoming Rays series this month? Now, it seemingly feels like it's coming down to like this Rays series being for all the marbles. It's a four-game series. September 14th through the 17th in Baltimore at Camden Yards. It's going to be huge, huge, that series. Because you have to figure, I mean, the teams will probably be within four games of each other when that series starts. And that's going to be all eyes in baseball are going to be on those four games. And right now, if the Orioles keep the same order and the same six-man rotation, as long as Irvin and Gibson and Flaherty stay in their spots, it would be scheduled for Cole Irvin to go Thursday night in game one. Kyle Bradish would go Friday in game two. Jack Flaherty would go Saturday in Game 3, and Grayson Rodriguez would go Sunday in Game 4. Now, the one thing I do like about this is that Bradish and Grayson, your best two starters, are both starting in this series. That's first and foremost, that is a good thing. Second of all, I like that they're kind of spread out, right? They're not starting right next to each other. It's nice to get the break in between. What I could see happening, though, is the Orioles making some small tweaks. One could be, I could see them going with Kyle Gibson instead of Cole Irvin. So Gibson would be scheduled to start the Wednesday game against the Cardinals the day before the Rays series starts. I could see them flipping Gibson and Irvin because Irvin would still be on regular rest. You'd give Gibson an extra day. He has pitched incredibly well against the Rays this season, and I would love to see that veteran presence kind of kick off that series on a Thursday night at the yard. Now, you'd love to get Dean Kramer in there as well. Kramer would be up next after Grayson, so he kind of be scheduled to start that next game after the Rays series. You could fiddle with some things where maybe you moved Grayson up to Saturday, you moved Kramer up to Sunday, and then you moved Flaherty from Saturday to start Monday in the next series. You could certainly do that as well. I don't know if they'll do that much maneuvering, but I really could see that Irvin for Gibson swap just to give you kind of that veteran presence who's pitched really well against the Rays and to kick off that series, I could definitely see it happening. The O's are going to treat that series like a playoff series, as are the Rays. I mean, the division isn't 100% going to come down to that series, right? Like the O's could get swept in that four-game set and they could still win the division, right? I mean, that could still happen because they have a much easier schedule down the stretch and they have built themselves at least a little lead here and hopefully they have that lead going into that series. But... If the O's win that series, like if they get three out of four or even four, 
they can pretty much put the division away. So the O's are going to play like that in that series, and I think it's going to be all hands on deck. And because you have a six-man rotation, you can tinker more, right? You can move guys up and switch guys without putting them on short rest because they're already on longer rest. So if you move them a day up, it's just regular rest. That is what's going to be helpful in this series. It's going to allow Brandon Hyde to make some moves. And this is a really good question. I wouldn't be surprised if they do make a couple of tweaks, including maybe that Gibson tweak and maybe even getting Kramer into that rotation as well. But that'll do it for today's mailbag episode. Thank you so much for getting in all your questions. Again, continue to send them in. Drop them right here in the comments of the YouTube video. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to Locked on Orioles on YouTube. Again, we're back tomorrow. I'll be talking actual Orioles games again, recapping Tuesday night and Wednesday night's games against the Anaheim Angels, kind of recapping the rest of this series. Hopefully, I'm talking about a series sweep or at the very least, a series win for the O's. That's coming up tomorrow. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.